Thank you to our musicians for that. We will start in our bulletin with the opening prayer, or sorry, not the opening prayer, the opening hymn, which I will share on my screen for us to sing together. We continue on page two of our bulletin. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you and also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose Son, our Savior Christ, is the light of the world, grant that your people, illumined by your word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, that he may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the ends of the earth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with you in the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Samuel. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. 
At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears it tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I'm about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expediated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there till morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli, but Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he said, here I am. Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then he said, it is the Lord, let him do what seems good to him. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 139. Lord, we will pray the psalm responsively by half verse. Lord, you have searched me out and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You trace my journeys and my resting places. And are acquainted with all my ways. Indeed, there is not a word on my lips. But you, O Lord, know it altogether. You press upon me behind and before. 
and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain to it. For you yourself created my inmost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will thank you because I am marvelously made. Your works are wonderful and I know it well. My body was not hidden from you. While I was being made in secret and woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my limbs yet unfinished in the womb. All of them were written in your book. They were fashioned day by day when as yet there was none of them. How deep I find your thoughts, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I were to count them, they would be more in number than the sand. To count them all, my lifespan would need to be like yours. A reading from Paul's letters to the Corinthians. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is meant not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Should I therefore take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that whoever is united to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For it is said, the two shall be one flesh, but anyone united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Shun fornication. Every sin that a person commits is outside the body, but the fornicator sins against the body itself. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own, for you were brought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia, of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. 
When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said to him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. We have a group at Emmanuel that meets weekly for Bible study. We call them the Salty Sisters, or they call themselves the Salty Sisters. And I intended this week at their invitation to go and speak with them. Because as a dedicated Bible study group, they were looking at the, the scriptures for this Sunday. And this Sunday includes the story of Samuel that we heard in the First Testament reading. And it's a story that every priest has spent time with because it is the classic call story. I mean, priests spend time with lots of scripture, not to say that that's the only one, but this call story is so often used for clergy expressing their call. And the Bible study program that our group uses invites people to share their call. And they intended for me to come and to share my call, which I'm more than willing to do. And then, of course, the power went out. I had no way to contact them and found myself stuck in limbo at this time when I should have been sharing a story that I have fairly well rehearsed, which can be a bit of a danger. I'm used to telling this story, the story of how I felt my call from God, how I became a priest. It's one you say over and over and over in the process for ordination, and especially being a person like myself who doesn't look like a traditional priest, you learn to say it over and over and over as people say, really, you're a priest or you want to be a priest? You don't look like a priest. And I'm actually somewhat grateful that the power went out and that I didn't have the chance to fall back into the rhythm of that familiar story. Not that I didn't want to spend time with this group, but it caused me to reflect a bit on my story in a way that I haven't done so before. We have this story of Samuel and Eli, where Samuel enthusiastically jumps out of bed three times, here I am, here I am, here I am, with all the eagerness in the world. It reminds me a lot of myself. As I've shared time and again in this group, I felt my call to the priesthood at 15 years old, and I bet I looked a lot like Samuel. Here I am, here I am, here I am. It probably surprises no one in this community that I was strong-willed then and am strong-willed now. I was ready to work my way through the ordination process with all the eagerness and energy that I could muster. 
I think looking back and reflecting back on that story, there are many moments of me jumping up and saying, here I am. That's what it felt like a bit to be taken seriously at 15 when you say, I want to be a priest, but there are no priests that look like me, especially me at 15. What's interesting in the story of Samuel that sheds light on my own story is the way in which Samuel is finally able to connect with God. See, he jumps up saying, here I am, here I am, here I am, and never recognizes that as the voice of God calling him to the extent where God does not respond back. He keeps going to his master, Eli, and being sent back to bed. It is only when Samuel stops, when Samuel says, your servant is listening, that the conversation is able to move forward. I would bet a lot on the fact that as a teenager, if someone were willing to ordain me then and there, I would have said, absolutely, I am ready. I would have worked my way, steamrolled through the checklist of things to get done, of studies, of tests, of hoops to jump because I was so utterly convinced that I knew my call and that I was ready for ordination. Now, it is true, I knew my call. I did not doubt that God called me to ministry and I was unashamed of that fact. But there is something else we are called to do in our discernment and our lives as Christians something I think of as holy listening. This is not something I tend to be as good at, the sitting back and the listening to the voice of God. I am all too eager to jump up and say, here I am, let me show you all that I can do. It is much harder for me to sit back, to take in the word of God to continue to learn and grow. In many ways, the ordination process forced this upon me. The age restrictions in and of themselves, I could not be ordained till I was 24, gave me many years to sit and listen to God, even though I was impatient, even though I felt it was unnecessary. Holy listening, Sitting back and not jumping to action is a vital part of discernment and a vital part of Christianity. Not only to say we know and have found God, but we're willing to listen and be in a reciprocal relationship with God. To hear what the voice of God calls us to do. To hear how the Holy Spirit moves in our lives. Samuel is called to a moment of holy listening. Speak, for your servant is listening. As Christians and as a church like ours, we are all too eager for action. And I love that because it reflects me and how I respond. 
we see a need in the world. We see a hunger, a gap, a hole that we can fill and we want to jump into action. This is so often the conversation around outreach and justice work in the world. This was something we continually ran into in our conversations in the Sacred Ground group this past summer, where we looked at racial issues in the world and our complicity as white Christians. And we kept coming back to, I just want to know what to do. I just want to know how to act, how to fix it, how to make a difference. And the answer is not always that simple. It's not always a question of what we should do. It's not always a question of where we should put money or where we should volunteer or what organization we should uphold. But in that work of racial reconciliation, in most work around outreach and justice and looking at broken systems in our world that leave us with so many people who are in need or hunger, we are called first and foremost to holy listening, which can be uncomfortable. But God calls us to deep listening and learning, to be less sure of ourselves and our answers to all things, to open ourselves perhaps in uncomfortable ways to the ways in which we may be changed by listening, to the ways in which we may be changed by actually being in conversation with God. We do not have to be performative, improving our faith, our calling, our willingness to do good, our willingness to respond to God. Sometimes the most impactful thing that we can do is to listen. I spent yesterday uh, on Zoom for about seven hours, which is everything you would expect being on Zoom for seven hours to be, but meeting with the governing bodies of the Diocese of Olympia as we tackle the questions that our diocese is struggling with around how people of color have been treated in our diocese and the covenants around anti-racism that we hope to move forward with. And the question came up, what should we do? How do we even begin this work? And time and again, we came back to the need to listen, to share stories and to be in conversation. That it is in that place of relationship and listening to one another and of learning that so much can be accomplished. And not just superficial learning, but the deep learning that is more than one day or one class. It is a lifelong commitment to hearing the voice of God in the world and hearing the voice of God in what we are called to study and be in conversation about, to be in hard conversation about. We have, I know, been talking about these justice issues a lot. 
I know it is not everyone's cup of tea. And I believe we are called into deep and holy listening. We are called into being uncomfortable. We are called to see how the voice of God may surprise us. It might make us a bit itchy that we want to jump to action so swiftly that we want to move past the learning and the conversation. But there is so much to learn and there is so much to discuss. The act of holy listening can be a prayerful one. And while it's not that which I, which I would have chosen for myself in my discernment, as I eagerly wanted to continue to jump up and say, God, here I am, just make me a priest and I will prove to you how much energy and spunk I have for this work. In many ways, this year has been a forced year of holy listening because there is no great action we can take to fix the pandemic, except wear our masks, get vaccinated and all of those things. But it is long and it is slow and it takes away and strips us of all the things in which we use to show how energized we are for God, how vibrant we are as a community, how much we are committed to our church. We are back at the very basics where conversations, even through a screen, and prayer and listening are acts that are the way in which we can most connect with God. On a global level, with the issues of justice in the world, on the level of our community, in how we enact ourselves as people of faith, Amelia, go downstairs. I am teaching them holy listening too. It doesn't always work. My prayer is that this time of holy listening, whether we like it or not, <laughs> and trust me, I don't always like it, are deeply transformative and bring us into a new relationship with God. I may not have wanted my discernment to be as long as it was, but I've certainly learned and grown from it. And every year I learn and grow from that holy listening. So I invite you into that practice to say to God, here I am, speak, for your servant is listening. Amen. We continue together in our bulletin on page eight, professing our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, 
he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. And virtually, as we greet one another, may the peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Um, at this time, we will hear our offertory from our musicians. As a reminder, uh, we are so grateful for the many ways in which you support our community. There is information in the bulletin about how you can text to give in our virtual passing of the plate. You can, of course, always give through our website. You can fill out a pledge card through our website and help us continue the vibrant ministry that we do. And I'm so grateful for all that you give. In peace, we pray to you, Lord God. For all people in their daily life and work. For our families, friends, and neighbors, and for those who are alone. For this community, the nation, and the world. For all who work for justice, freedom, and peace. For the just and proper use of your creation. For the victims of hunger, fear, injustice, and oppression. For all who are in danger, sorrow, or any kind of trouble. For those who minister to the sick, the friendless, and the needy. 
For the peace and unity of the Church of God. For all who proclaim the gospel and all who seek the truth. For our presiding bishop, Michael Curry, our bishop, Greg Rickle, our rector, Elizabeth Riley, and for all bishops and other ministers. For all who serve God and God's church. For the special needs and concerns of this congregation, especially those who are sick or suffering in body, mind, or spirit. Jim Cameron, Jupe Compton, Niall Clark, Glenn Crosby, Glorian Crosby, Deanna Glenn, Diane Goodman, Mark Hall, Lorna Hamill, Bob Hayward, Hannah Hooper, Rosemary Howell, Peter McEnheimer, Claire Parkinson, Anique LeBrew Reardon, Pam Rhodes, Karen Rowley, Ron Smith, Vicki Smith, Don Snow, William Victory, Vivian, Julie Wiegand, Peter Wiley, and new this week, Linda Mullen. You are invited to add your own prayers of concern, either silently or aloud. For those who are lonely, anxious, and isolated. Hear us, Lord. For your mercy is great. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of this life, especially those celebrating birthdays this week. Russell Rhodes, Roy Palmer, Ava Williamson, Nick Bollinger, Shireen Debriel, and Becky McKenna. And you're invited to add your own thanksgivings, either silently or aloud. We exalt you, O God, our King. And praise your name forever and ever. We pray for all who have died, especially Sam Bogar, Mar Mullen, Dean Saffel, and Marjorie Tholen, and those who mourn, that they may have a place in your eternal kingdom. You are invited to add those names who, who have died either silently or aloud. For all who have lost their lives in the COVID pandemic. Lord, let your loving kindness be upon them. Who put their trust in you. We pray to you also for the forgiveness of our sins. Have mercy upon, mercy upon us, us, most merciful Father, in your, in your compassion, compassion forgive, forgive us, us our sins, known and unknown, things done and left undone. And so uphold us by your spirit, that we may live and serve you in newness of life, to the honor and glory of your name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The blessing and compassion of God be with all of us. Forgive us all our sins and show us the compassionate light of Christ. Amen. Together, let us say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. We pray together for spiritual communion. 
My Jesus, I believe that you are truly present in the blessed sacrament of the altar. I desire to offer you praise and thanksgiving as I proclaim your resurrection. I love you above all things and long for you in my soul. Since I cannot receive you in the sacrament of your body and blood, come spiritually into my heart. Cleanse and strengthen me with your grace, Lord Jesus, and let me never be separated from you. May I live in you and you in me in this life, in the life to come. Amen. As we celebrate birthdays and anniversaries this week, uh, is anyone on who is celebrating? I heard Becky, I heard Nick Bollinger. Yeah, Roy Palmer's on. Roy Palmer's here. Happy birthday, Roy. Can you tell us how many years young? 84 tomorrow. Congratulations. That's, that's on the outside. It's 20 trapped inside. <laughs> that's why you're still flying planes, right? And uh, and Nick, it's our pilot. It's like pilot week. It's pilot. Yeah, it's it's pilot week, right? Hey, Roy. <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday, Nick. Russell Rhodes. I think we might have some of the Rhodes on today. Or Jeffrey is wrangling children somewhere on the other side of a Zoom screen. Happy, uh, I believe it's third birthday to uh, Mr. Russell. And Scott and I are celebrating our anniversary this week. Eight years on Tuesday. And Scott is off wrangling children somewhere. Um, so much to celebrate, <laughs> to give thanks for. Uh, let's join together in, uh, in the, and there's a Becky McKenna, but I don't think she's here today, but happy birthday to Becky. And um, so let's join together in the birthday, anniversary, and general Thanksgiving. Let us pray. Watch over your children, O Lord, as their days increase. Bless and guide them wherever they may be. Strengthen them when they stand, comfort them when discouraged or sorrowful, raise them up if they fall. And in their hearts, may your peace, which passes all understanding, abide all the days of their lives through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The blessing of God, almighty creator, redeemer, and sustainer be with you and those you love and those you pray for this day and always. Amen. And let us join together in our closing hymn.
go in peace and love. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Thank you. 